There's three sides to every story. There's my side, your side, and the truth. Come on, girls. Let's go shopping. That's not a knife. <laughs> this is a knife. What are you looking at? Rolling in a boy, jumping man. You're mad, you bastard. Far am you. Far am you. There's no cash here. Here, there's no cash, right? Cash, no. Robo? No cash. Where to Christ, Liz, you get a bag of all sorts in here, mate. Welcome to Walk Walk. Hello and welcome to The Last New Way, the podcast that looks at the wide and varied landscape that is Australian cinema. I wish to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land that this podcast is being recorded on, the Wajak people of Perth region. We recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and community and pay our respects to them and their cultures and to elders both past and present. On this episode, I'm joined by another director from the Melbourne Documentary Film Festival lineup, and that is Mary Zunazi, whose film Dogs of Democracy is showing at the festival. This is a really interesting documentary because it's about, well, as the title suggests, Dogs of Democracy, specifically the dogs in Athens and what their role is with the society that, that they live within. It's a fascinating documentary and certainly for fans of the film Keddie that is currently in Australian cinemas right now, uh, there's a slight thematic uh, link between the two. However, Dogs of Democracy does go into a little bit more interesting uh, discussion and topic looking at uh, the role of the refugees in Athens and the and how modern society in Athens looks at the refugee crisis around the world. It's a fascinating documentary and one that I do highly recommend seeking out. So let's have a quick listen to the trailer for the film and we'll get back with the interview with Mary Zanasi. After many years of dreaming about it, I took my first ever trip to Athens to explore the culture of my ancestors. I'd arrived in the middle of a crisis. I couldn't help but feel the tension on the streets. Walking around the city, I also noticed something else. Something quite unexpected and unique. Τα σκυλιά της Ελλάδας είναι οι αδέσποτες ψυχές στους δρόμους. Είναι πλάσματα που μας ακολουθούν σε, όλες, σε όλη μας τη ζωή, στις βόλτες μας. Είναι αυτά που μας κοιτάνε με αυτά τα υπέροχα μάτια και να ρωτιούνται γιατί να ζουν έτσι. Και είναι και λίγοι τώρα που ενδιαφέρονται γιατί έχουν άλλα προβλήματα πιο σοβαρά τώρα. Δεν είναι... Η κρίση, 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 η κρίση. Unfortunately, there is a countervailing force, and that is hopelessness, as a result of the failure of the political establishment and Europe in general. So there are opposing forces here. But solidarity, of course, is the, the only source of hope. 
Do you know much about mechanicals? A lot. All the colleagues know. Che Guevara. Είναι ντοκ. Γι' αυτό και ο Λουκάνικος ήταν μέσα στην ψυχή όλων. Ε, από όλες τις πολιτικές παρατάξεις, από όλες τις ιδεολογίες. Ο Λουκάνικος είναι ένα σύμβολο Zunasi, and your film is really uh, quite a, a touching film about the dogs in Athens and and their role in uh, sort of in protesting against what's going on there, which is uh, something I didn't expect. Um, can you tell us a, a little bit about how you came to to telling this story? Yes, sure. Um, I first went to Athens really. As a, as a journey back to discover my roots, so to speak. Um, I really went for a holiday and it was in 2014. I'd never been to Greece before and my parents are Greek and that's my heritage. And when I arrived, it was such an incredibly uh, tense city because it was right in the middle of the crisis. Um, at the same time, though, I, I noticed all around the city there were these dogs, stray dogs, were kind of walking around and... At first, I, I became really curious about the dogs, but I had the very first dog I had seen, actually, who has a bruise appearance in the film, I actually thought was dead. <laughs> and I thought, oh, I, I started to believe all the stereotypes about Greek people, that, you know, they don't care for anything, they don't, you know, that's why their economy is all crap and all this and stuff. And I actually didn't realise that this dog um, lived on, on the steps of the most expensive hotel in Athens, um, the Grand Britannia. And he was very, very well looked after. And not only was he very well looked after, many of the other dogs were also being looked after by community people. And that, that really made me interested in what, what, you know, how can people take care of such good care of animals in a situation of extreme crisis? And what does this say about the human capacity to care? And that was the, that was the sort of starting point uh, of the film, so to speak. Yeah, and it's it's quite a interesting exploration into what's going on in in that part of the world right now. Because uh, you know, when I when I loaded up the film, I expected an interesting story about dogs, but then it it, it does take a really interesting tangent into looking at the uh, the situation with refugees there as well. Um, was that kind of a, a narrative choice that you decided, oh, this is something that is occurring, so I need to cover that as well, or it just kind of happened naturally? It, it happened actually uh, naturally because it was, I mean, it was obviously happening there at the time in which I was filming, so it was quite prominent, as it's been prominent worldwide in that sense, the refugee crisis. But what had happened was there's a main character in the film, which I don't want to reveal too much away, um, but his name's Luganikos, and he basically sort of um, headed as a stray dog a lot of the anti-austerity protests. And so I, I met people that um, related to a Luganikos, and then one of the uh, characters who uh, knew or had spent time with Luganikos and so on, he, she, sorry, 
she was actually also not only an animal um, welfare person, but was also a volunteer for migrant children and, and in, on the island of Lesbos. And it just naturally kind of happened that um, I then followed her as well. So it was, it, it, you know, it worked also within the context of the story. It wasn't sort of added on in any particular way. So, yeah, there was this kind of organic nature um, to the film itself, really. Not only that element of it, but... But all of it, I mean, the meeting of people as well was quite often quite organic too. You know, I just come across people on the street, <laughs> which was also the joy because I was also filming, um, you know, dogs really with my, I was a one woman crew. So I was on the street filming dogs and that would sort of spark interest from a lot of people. Well, there's, there's one guy later on in the film who, um, you know, he, he sees you filming and he's got a cigarette and he's like, oh, wave and kind of poses for the camera. And I thought that was quite quite sweet as well um and the moment you know where, where you're talking yeah. about what's going on there is very powerful too um but it's yeah, yeah. I, I think if people see a camera yeah, that, they, they want to act for it <laughs> yeah they do and what was beautiful for me for that moment was that it's actually a young it's a young um syrian refugee boy um on the boat we're coming back from Lesbos, you know and on a not on a, a a small dinky boat it was you know actually the one of the main liners that people often travel on to get to piraeus which is um the main port in athens yeah and i was filming other things and then yeah he saw the camera and he he posed in front of it and it was just lovely actually to capture that moment and for me it also captured a moment of humanity you know that we sort of and that was also part of the film that um, often we think about I mean it's a story about stray animals and dogs and, and of course there's all of that connection but it's also about kind of the human capacity for dignity and care and if we recognise I guess people's humanity then it's hard to dismiss them in times of crisis and I felt also a lot that people forget in other parts of the world that people share the same desires and the same needs and the same hopes and often we just don't uh, acknowledge that and I felt with that particular moment with that young boy it was the recognition of here he is you know this is somebody human in front of the camera too mm, and definitely I think you know that you're touching on on everything that uh, I think that in western society at least we we tend to forget when it comes to refugees and and people in times of crisis in parts of the world that we we don't usually see that these are just people who are trying to do the best that they can for their life and make their their life you know a, a bit better as 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 much as possible and and that may be by having to flee a war-torn country um so you know it's certainly uh adding humanity through films like this is really important and and helps for for us in in western society to see this especially uh you know we're recording uh we're talking about this film uh during refugee week as well and you know there's a lot of discussions ah, about right, that yes, too yes. so it, it helps a lot yeah you know? <laughs> Yeah, and also, I mean, one of the things that I felt would allow people to connect as well with the, those kind of deeper issues are the dogs because most people have some, not everyone, of course, not everybody likes dogs, but most people who perhaps would never really think about those connections, I suppose, between dogs and animals and care and refugees may come to the film and... Yeah, and, and then be introduced to a range of things that they hadn't expected, like you were saying. And then that just, I don't know, it just allows a platform. And, and for me, the dogs were a really crucial way to be able to tell that kind of story about human suffering. But of course, about the suffering of animals as well. You know, it's, um, 
there, it is about, there's a line in the film, one of my characters, which I like very much, and she was saying, you can tell, um, you know, how a community is by the way they take care of the weakest and, and their animals. And I, I felt that in Greece, at least at a certain point, um, people really, there's a sort of community sense of things where people do tend to look after each other at some level. Um, but that doesn't mean that you still don't need services and infrastructure and all of that. But there is a sense of uh, a different sense of community and that's being down through the economic crisis. And I guess what I was also really interested in is how people really can, you know, the hope really comes from people, <laughs> not from uh, grand narratives of hope and this and politics and blah, blah. It's really how people can respond to and connect to each other. And and the ways in which people did that with the dogs was also kind of extraordinary for me. Oh, definitely. And, you know, one of the, the things which I, I love seeing in the film is, it, you know, dogs... And, and cats as well are, are a reflection of how we treat them as a reflection of us who's, is who we are as people. And, you know, that that's certainly shown throughout this film here that, you know, they the dogs within the society there, they, they wander around and they participate in different ways that, that you know, would be very unexpected. And, and I don't want to spoil for people because I found that those, those certain elements really interesting and um, certainly a, a fascinating glimpse into a different part of society that we don't usually get to see. But, yeah, I think, you know, dogs, they, they show who we are as people and, and your film really shows that. Yeah, and, yeah, and I guess that was just that sense of um, their dignity, I guess, you know, and that... I start the film with a line from a philosopher, Greek philosopher, or Yim is I pronounce it, but in English it's pronounced a little bit different. Um, and he says that um, humans must learn from the character of dog or something to that effect. And I, I found that, that, you know, there was something very powerful about that idea, that um, dogs had a certain kind of love and a loyalty that... Um, was displayed and exhibited, uh, I found, in the city. I should also add, though, um, this is a film about Athens, mainly, and um, sometimes in other, in some of the country areas in Greece, it's a little, the situation's a little bit different, but um, there is an ethos in Greece that they, um, they actually don't euthanize their animals. That's why there's so many strays. And so, you know, in a way, the community... Um, it has to, in a way, support the dogs as they do also have to support each other. So there's something really interesting around all of that as well. Yeah, that's that's fascinating. Um, you know, because it's, uh, I guess, in in the way that uh, you know, a society uh, supports their aging population. That's that's something that that these people would do in Athens in supporting their their aging canine population as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is yeah, 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 no, yes, it's, it's, yeah, that's quite true. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and I mean, also, I suppose one of the interesting, well, not interesting, one of the, let's say, interesting, disturbing things is how much through the crisis, and this is not necessarily re- reflected in the film, but it's part of the general situation. It's because there's been a reduction in um, work, um, this unemployment has risen. I mean, that's been part of the story, but. You know, I know from anecdotal information that now, you know, like a pensioner is having to kind of have about seven people living in their house on one pension, you know, which is very low at the moment anyway. So things are just getting more and more devastated in terms of, and it's not actually getting better. And I think the film, uh, I finished it uh, at the end of last year, but 
it's still now, if not worse. And I guess this is one of the things I hope the film can sort of spark the kind of uh, importance and interest that these things just don't go away because all of a sudden it's not in the media. You know, these these things are ongoing and people's lives are actually affected. And um, there's a need to kind of recognise the ongoing seriousness of, of this stuff. But also, of course, the film is, is meant to be uplifting as well. <laughs> it's not a downer. You know, it ends on a good note. <laughs> yeah, it does. It, it is, um, you know, any film that, that focuses on dogs uh, for animal lovers, you know, I, I was a vet nurse for eight years and so, you know, have a great affection for animals of all kinds. So any film that's about that is, is touching and, and moving in, and certainly, uh, you know, very uplifting in, in some regards as well. Yes, uh, it does showcase that, you know, the, the situation is very difficult. But I think the core element and one of the notes that you end the film on is that, you know, we lean on dogs as a support mechanism in a way. And um, there's a really beautiful moment. Again, I don't want to spoil it for people who are going to watch the film, but uh, there's a moment of, of, I guess, darkness in a way where a dog appears and... You know, it, it, dogs have a way of shining a light and shining a beacon and, and making things just a little bit brighter for us. So uh, through that, mm. I, I found that really fascinating, the way that you displayed that in the film here. Yeah, it's true. And it's, I mean, um, I, 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 look, I, I fell in love with the animals kind of immediately when I was there. And in a way, they um, strangely and by making the film um, connected me to a country that really is part of my soul and part of my history, but I had never, <laughs> I'd never been to. So it was a way of, um, you know, the, uh, being around them in a way kind of connected me to, to my culture, which I know sounds a bit strange, but it's not really because they were, the dogs were part of me meeting people. Um, as, as I was saying earlier, I was filming on the street a lot and on my own and filming dogs, following them around. So it seemed a bit strange to think to people. But it would allow me to open up conversations with people and find out more on the ground how, how things were experienced and what people's lives were like. So it gave me a real insight. Um, animals gave me an insight. And I guess the film is trying to yeah use, use animals. And it is shot from, often from a dog's point of view as well. So trying to give that, you know, insight through the eyes of the dog, so to speak, metaphorically, um, because we can't get inside a dog's head, obviously. <laughs> uh, we can only follow them around, you know, and, uh, and, and relate to them. Yeah, well, I think, you know, uh, the, we certainly, even though we can't get in their head, we certainly do get an understanding of, of uh, I guess, what, what we would perceive their intentions and their, their actions within society. Um, I'm curious yeah. as, uh, as well because you know quite a lot of these uh, the dogs have different uh, Greek names which you do a great job of explaining the meaning of of what the name is. Um, um, did that help you out in kind of getting an understanding of your history as well, like uh, finding out that that you know these particular names meant certain things, and and of course then these dogs are named after these particular historical figures. I thought. Um well, in a way, yes. Um, for instance, the characters is called Pericles, and um, Pericles is one of the great um, Athenian kind of um, uh, uh, leaders of democracy, but back, back in ancient Greece. So, you know, it opened up sort of a history for me in that way. So, I found a little bit more about Pericles, and 
actually, interestingly, was um, Lex Marinos, who um, has, a, has a small role in the film, but a crucial role in the film. Um, and he was telling me, in a way, about Pericles, and I, about Pericles just generally. And I said, oh, one of the characters in my film is called Pericles, you know, and that just sort of, that, those connections opened up that way. At the same time, I thought it was fantastic that, um, you know, I mean, not all of the dogs in it are obviously in the film, but there were dogs like Sophocles and, you know, Zeus and, you know, this sort of stuff, which, I mean, it's just, you could only find that on the streets of Athens. Yes. <laughs> or Greece, you know, you couldn't find that anywhere else. <laughs> and there's something endearing about having Plato as your stray dog or, you know, whatever, whatever it might be. It is great names of uh, Western foundational philosophy and whatever politics and here they are wandering the streets of Athens as stray dogs in you know the 21st century and I thought that was pretty pretty wonderful for me yeah it is and it it, 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 it in a way it elevates them above just being dogs you know they they it makes them mm. grander than they are and you know dogs are, are are great as they are anyway but uh by applying these names to them yeah. um they suddenly have a an even more profound uh place in society <laughs> yeah in a strange way yeah 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 um but all of them all of them have they are one of the really interesting things is um all of the dogs that actually are in the film in athens are all um tagged and they have name tags and so they looked after the actual municipality uh, provides their shops and their, um, you know, tablets uh, for worms and all of this. It's the people who then feed them, but there is a kind of relationship between the municipality and, and the community in that way. So you do find, um, you know, dogs and they have these tags on them and then you look at the tag and you find out their name, you know. So I thought that was quite interesting too. Um, but, but but it is, you know, they're recognised as part of the city in that way as well. Um Whereas I think often, and particularly in Australia, it wouldn't make any sense to us anymore um, that dogs could actually be, you know, part of part of city life, like walking down the street with you and sitting next to you. And so I think people people kind of have to see the film to get the sense of that real connection um, and, and through the city. It's something I think only when you go to certain countries would you understand that relationship with the animals in the city. Well, that's that's what I found really interesting, and in a way, your film is a great companion piece to a film that's out in cinemas at the moment, Keddy, which I'm not sure if you've seen or not, but that's about cats in uh, Europe in a particular European city, and that's interesting in itself that it it showcases a slice of society that, especially in Australia, we wouldn't be familiar with. I mean, when I was growing back, you know, people certainly were like uh you know your dog could easily just go for a walk down to the park with no issues and it would do that go to mm. the park and come back no problems but it certainly changed yeah. a lot nowadays and the same with cats yes yeah well, I, I also recall the time when that, that would happen as well and it, no that, yes, that no longer exists um yes in terms of Keddie, i haven't seen it but i've known you know i've, I've heard about the film um a lot and um yeah it is interesting that i guess I suppose maybe the difference with mine is I end up telling a, a, a political story through one of the main dog characters um, who, I think that's the difference, who, um, I think I mentioned his name was Lukanikov. Um He's very, very central in the film and he helps, I did mention it, I think, and he, he does help um, anchor uh, the politics quite serious, you know, in, in, a, in a way that uh, helps the story, I guess, 
not only move along but grounded in a particular um, time as well, a history of when certain elements and, and uh, issues were happening through the crisis. So he, um, in his spirit and in his dogginess, was uh, very important to Storm. Yeah, I, he really is. And and certainly, you know, as a, the central character, he's very entertaining in in many regards and very fascinating uh, as somebody who, you know, for people who, who aren't familiar with this part of the world, it's it's amazing to see uh, dogs participate in society in this way. So, you know, as a viewer, I'm really appreciative that you've, you've brought this story to screen because it's it's interesting and this is why I watch documentaries and this is why I watch these kinds of films because uh, we just don't yeah. get to see these stories all that often. So thank you very much for that. Yeah. I appreciate it. <laughs> oh, no, I thank you for, you know, being interested. Um, I'm very, very thrilled, you know. So, uh, yeah, I thank you as well. <laughs> <laughs> so with with this particular film, is there do you have a plan to revisit Athens in the future and, and see what happens in a couple of years' time possibly? Or uh, what what is next for you, I guess, is the, the question I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, look, I, I'm... <laughs> yeah, Dogs of Democracy Part 2, that's kind of interesting. I think there's always a danger in, in doing sequels, you know. Um, but I actually, I, I do have a, another documentary in mind, um, which does take me back to Greece, um, but not only Greece. And it really came from um, the film and some of the issues in the film. So um, I'll, I'll be looking at um, the migrant crisis there, but telling it through a very different kind of story. Um, but I won't reveal too much about it yet, but that's that's the kind of direction I'm heading. And I, I really loved... Um, I learned so much from making this documentary. I, um, it's my first documentary film. I have um, done a lot of radio documentaries. I'm very familiar with the form, but this was the first visual. And it was uh, you know, a difficult um, process, but it was just so fantastic to be able to convey um, so many things um, in, in a way that people can actually access and and enjoy, but also there's, you know, stuff in it that you can take away. So I would, yeah, I think this, the documentary uh, cinematic bug is now kind of permanent. <laughs> um, and I'm very, you know, I'm very happy now to, to kind of work in the medium of film and documentary in that way. Well, I'm, I'm excited to see what you do next. And, and certainly, as you know, as you're saying, you did this solo in the sense that, you know, this is yeah. a one-woman one -woman show of you filming everything by yourself there on the streets, you know, getting down with it. So it's it's great to see, you know, this kind of work being created. It's really fantastic. And it's... And yeah, it's, and also... Yeah. Sorry, go on. No, no, you go. That's okay. <laughs> I was just thinking, I mean, it was, it was made under a budget as well. So it was kind of a product, I think, because I was working, um, you know, with an editor that was very patient with me. Um, I, you know, working with a fantastic producer, Tom Zabricki, and also having hung around um, the German filmmaker Ben Benders for a long time, it allowed me, I think, to uh, hone in and, and really make something um, for me that was very satisfying. And I think it's come from, you know, the the combination of that. It was it was definitely you know, filmed and written and all of that by me. But having that uh, support, I think 
kind of makes it also what it is. Yeah. And the musician, the musician in the film is also amazing. The music ended up being very central as well. Yeah, the music is really beautiful in this film. It's it, it ties a you know it all it all really well together, and and that's you know that that's always a really appreciated aspect. You know when uh, all all aspects come together and make it into a very powerful film. So that's great to see. Um, and certainly, you know what I was going to say is that you know the people that I've spoken to uh, with the Melbourne Documentary Film Festival, there's quite a lot of people who you know they're working with zero budget, but they have the passion there. Mm-hmm. And they have the the desire to tell these stories. So, in that regard, you know, it's it's great to see that you know you've you've explored your own history and you've told a really fascinating, uh, multifaceted story, which is really powerful and, and great to see. And and certainly, uh, when it screens at Melbourne Documentary Film Festival, I hope that people head along to go and see it because it's it's good stuff. Yeah, it's great stuff. It, yeah, yeah. We're also hoping um, it's actually part of their charity doc. So it will, it's not a very big venue, um, but it, all of the money will go to the RSPCA from the film. Um, but also we're hoping that it might get into the Australian Greek Film Festival, which will then allow it to travel a little bit um, and get to sort of other cities. But uh, we still don't know about that yet, so we're just waiting <laughs> well, well, as fingers well. Fingers crossed, yeah, definitely, because it's... It deserves to be seen by. Um, I mean, I'm based in in Perth, so it it, uh, it deserves to be seen by people all over. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I'd like I'd like that to happen, but it's in yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so one last question. So I won't I won't keep you too much longer. But one last question. The question that I ask everybody that, that comes on is: there a particular film oh. that um, you that, uh, maybe a documentary or a narrative film? It could be either that resonates with you that has has encouraged you as a documentary filmmaker. Yeah. Well, there's so many. <laughs> so I'm just I'm just I'm just trying to think um you can name multiple ones if that can, helps. Can, can, can I can I, yeah, can I uh, look I think my influence has been actually directors and their work. So I'd have to say my colleague Finn Vendors and his work um, and his documentaries. I'd also have to say the Russian filmmaker. These are also Russian filmmaker um, Andrei Tarkovsky. His work is not not, <laughs> not documentary per se, but just the beauty of his work. Um, and, yeah, sorry, there's so many. Um, but I think I, I, just, I just love filmmakers that really take their time to tell important stories and um, and do it well. Like I, I think that for me that's the aim of cinema to actually uh, translate um, stories that move us but also kind of teach us things about ourselves and some of the great directors for me of all time kind of do that and, yeah, so that's a long way of answering the question without actually a specific film in mind, I'm sorry. No, 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 it's good. But there's so many. Well, the work work of Boone Mendes has been certainly, uh, for me at least, his documentary work has been really fascinating and, and again, just like your film, has opened up my eyes to parts of the world which uh, without cinema, without documentaries, I wouldn't know about. And, you know, it's not to say I don't read or anything like that, I do, but it's just film takes you to a place where no other medium can do that and 
and through that, you know, his films mm. have been able to show sides of the world which I, I didn't know existed. And to that, I'm really thankful. So, yeah, he's, he's a great director. Um, if you don't mind me asking, what, was, what is your relationship with, with him as a working relationship? Um, I yes, should have done my um, research beforehand, what, so I apologise for that. <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, we wrote a book together um, called Inventing Peace, which um, was published in 2013. And it was basically, it took us um, uh, 13, 12 or 13 years to write. <laughs> so I kind of, we um, became very good friends through the writing of this book, which is really a sort of exploration of, um, the need for a moral and visual language around peace and that we actually argue that there isn't one and that, you know, film and other kind of artistic forms as well as certain kind of philosophical ways of thinking can provide ways to think about what that moral visual language might be. Um, so that's in its book form. And I guess since then we've, we haven't got there yet, but at one point, we will do a, a film essay um, around peace, and I guess that's what we're working towards. But I think, like it's from Pina, you know, we haven't quite yet got the right combinations of things, but we will get there. Yeah. Well, I certainly look forward to it. But Pina, well, actually, but Pina is actually what I should say. So Pina is probably one of the most extraordinary films to me of his as well. That you know captures 3D and captures dance and tells a story about you know, people's living and experience and lives. So that would be a key a key documentary to go back to the, the previous question. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree with that as well. I, I saw that in 3D in the cinemas and uh, it's one of those films which really, you know, I, I, I always find that the, the 3D format can be a bit of a gimmick, but he manages to use mm. that particular format so well and embed you in what's going on in the dances and, and the screen uh, so so powerfully in that film that it's it's one of those films which i wish had a bit of a revival every year or two just so people could see it on the big yeah. screen in 3d <laughs> yeah uh, look i think it might have another moment in time when they have you know people different people have vendors retrospectives which you know everybody should at some point in every city in the world <laughs> <laughs> this would be you know this with my other arm was marketing that's what i would you know i would like um but also i i, I mean, you know, I would at the same time coming back to the dogs. I would also like dogs to have a little bit of an arm around the world as well. <laughs> so you know, if we can, I can only wish um, for good things. Yes, and I guess sorry. I you know I'm keeping you on here so uh, a bit too long. But um, uh, one other right. question I have is: Do you have a dog at home yourself? And and if so, what's what's their name and and breed? Ah, okay. Um, I no longer have. Dog. Um, I did have one. She died actually in 2001, but I had her for 11 years. And her name was Zara, but it was, um, <laughs> it actually was from Thus Spoke Zarathustra. So it is actually from, you know, um, the kind of Nietzsche book, the philosophy of Nietzsche. So then we shortened it to Zara at the time. So she also had a, a philosophical name, but she was a bull mastiff. So she was a big bulky kind of um, looking dog and but she was so people would look at her and think we'd be a little bit scared but she was the sweetest dog in the world and um we fell in love with each other so that's all i can say really she was wonderful uh, she sounds like a beautiful dog she really does and i guess that's probably the best note to end the interview on because uh 
you know, as you're saying, this is a film about dogs, but it's it it is about philosophy in in many ways, and about uh, you know what's going on in the world today. And and for that, again, I'm I'm thankful that you made this film, and and I really look forward to seeing what you do next, uh, whether it be you know a film about peace with uh, Wim Wenders or uh, whatever you decide to do about you know I'm I'm excited to see what you've got coming next. <laughs> Yeah, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate that. No worries. Well, thank you, Mary. And look, you have a, a great day and uh, make sure I'll, I'm going to be plugging this film to make sure everybody goes and sees it at the Melbourne Documentary Film Festival. That was director Mary Zunazi on her film Dogs of Democracy, which is a great little film. It is screening at Melbourne Documentary Film Festival on 16th of July at 9.30 in the morning. Uh, So make sure to get up early and head along to go and see this film. I'll put a link in the show notes to find out a little bit more information about it as well and where you can purchase tickets. That book that Mary was talking about uh, that she wrote with Wim Wenders uh, is Inventing Peace, A Dialogue on Perception. Uh, Looks to be a fantastic book. It's certainly one which I'm going to be ordering because it really sounds very interesting and something I'm keen on finding a little bit more about. Uh, so certainly I'll, I'll also throw a show, uh, link in the show notes about that as well. Um, if you like what I do on this particular show, The Last New Wave, then head over to our website, which is abfilmreview.com, where you can listen to previous episodes and listen to episodes of the main show, which is AB Film Review, where myself and my wife, Bernadette, discuss recent films, basically. Uh, also head over to followingfilms.com where you can listen to other shows like the Following Films podcast where Chris Maynard interviews uh, film directors and the like and also Pop Culture Case Study where Dave discusses films in a little bit more in-depth uh, light. Follow us on social media, AB Film Review on both Facebook and on Twitter and also make sure if you like Australian films head over to ozflix.tv to watch some great Australian films that are available on there. That's about it from me. Uh, Thanks again for listening and keep on watching Australian films. And I'll see you on the next episode of The Last New Wave.